Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. And uh, further ado, the final why, or certainly one more why, is why are we about to have the Word? We're about to have the Word of God. Why? Why? I've got two quick answers. One, faith comes by hearing, the Bible says, and hearing the word of God. I need faith to be risen in me sometimes. I need to hear the word of God, and I think, yes, that is true. I've got the facts in front of me and some of this stuff, but there's a greater truth that changed some of these facts that I see. The second thing is Jesus was having a, a bit of a chinwag uh, preach in, math, in John 6, sorry. And he's telling people about the fact that he's about to die and they're going to have to eat his body and eat his flesh. And people are like, what on earth? What are you on? He'd have been off to a padded cell if it was now. But anyway, um, back then they were just like, right, yeah, that's a bit too much for us. And he was saying that, you know, they needed, he needed to die. And it says in the Bible that many of his disciples left him. And he turned to Peter and said, basically, why are you guys here? Why are you here? Why have you stayed? To which he responded saying, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So as we welcome Rod up and give him a real good rock welcome, let's just remember that, that these are words of eternal life. So let's get your notebooks out and let's get ready. Let's give Rod a warm welcome. have a sip of this it's fine it's fine we can share it I don't mind actually do you know what Pastor Alice actually preached off my notes um, I was yeah I think we just turn over to the testimony because I was actually going to start with um, where the church is going and then go into the rest of my notes so now I'm having to um, step back and think oh what do I do now because, um, <laughs> but can just show of hands, who here has or had a word of God over your life, spoken over your life, or just had a prophecy spoken over your life? Show of hands. To those who, have, who hasn't, I hope that tonight you can come up and someone can, can just give you a word of knowledge or testify or just prophesy over your life because that's important. But you know what? Some of us, we've had a word of God over our life. We had a prophecy over our lives. I remember when I was in Bible school and prophecy was one of the subjects that was spoken. And um, that evening, they had a prophet come and um, prophesy over everybody. And when, when the prophetic happens, I had a habit of hiding myself away. One thing I hated was when somebody prophesies over you because there's, such, there's in such a burden over you when somebody prophesies over you. So I used to have a tendency when the prophetic is happening in the church to kind of just, oh my goodness, I hope they're not going to point at me and prophesy over me. Because part of that was a fear 
that something is going to be said which I'm not going to like. Something which I've hidden away is going to come out in the prophetic. And you don't want it to come out in front of everybody. So that was just my attitude towards the prophetic. And I've learned over the years, the prophetic is actually good because it aligns you, you know, where you are maybe going a bit out of line, the prophetic and the word of God, when it comes over your life, it realigns you. And, and for some of us, we need that in our lives. Amen. And the prophetic is not only for you. We also find the prophetic in the church itself, for the church as a body, that the prophetic is spoken over the church as a body for this church. Pastor has mentioned there is a word over this church that we are going into Cotgrave and Duddington and those areas. And it's something to be excited about. It's something for the church, for each one of us to actually decide, do you know what? As part of this church, I have to come in line with the vision and the prophetic that's spoken over this church. Because we don't want anyone to be on this side of where the church is going or that side of where the church is going or still lagging behind when the church is moving ahead. You find that Joshua, when him and the Israelites, when they, when they were finally about to move into the promised land, God tells him, do you know what? Before you move over, you have to consecrate the whole of Israel. Everybody has to be consecrated. They have to come before the Lord and they have to let go of certain things. They have to repent. They have to come to a point where they are in right standing with God because if you're not in right standing with God, you can't move over into what God has in store for you. So before you move over, there comes a time where you have to look at your life and think to yourself, where am I right now? Am I where God has appointed me to be? Am I in the right place? Because it's going to be difficult to move over into something new if you're not where the place where you're supposed to be. Because when they moved, when the waters parted, it was at the point where they could move across. And if you're not at that point where the water has parted, you're going to struggle to move across. The easy way is where the water has parted. And that's why you need to align yourself to know that, Lord, where I am right now is where the water is going to part. And that is where we find ourselves. And you know what? As I was meditating upon this word in the, in, the, in the week, I thought to myself, you know what? Sometimes we, we hear the word of God spoken over our lives. The prophetic is over our lives. But you know what? You still have to live in the real world. And the real world does not always have the prophetic over it. The real world doesn't always remind you that there's greater things over your life. The real world tells you, do you know what? You're not going to succeed. The, re the real world tells you where you are right now is that, you know what? It's okay. It's okay to struggle in your workplace. It's okay to still struggle in your marriage. It's okay to struggle in your finances. 
the real world tells you that you can't be more than what God has placed over your life. And unfortunately, we find ourselves listening more to what the world says than what God has said to us. And this is why it's important to actually, if God has spoken to you, if you have a word over your life, to write it down. To make sure that you have you have a diary of what God has said to you and about you. Because that's important. Because at one point or another, you want to come back to that. Because the world is taking you away from that. I always regret that I've never written down the things that God has spoken into my life. I can remember a few of those things, but there are lots more that were spoken of in my life, and I've forgotten about it. I've forgotten about it. And if you hear the prophetic, write it down. Be excited about it and come back to it. Do you know what? Actually, do you know what? I need to actually get to my notes now because um, I'm, I'm still on the page one, and that was just... Um, that was just setting the scene. So let me, let, let me get to my, to my notes, actually. As I was thinking about this message, I thought we get sometimes to a point where we are lukewarm about the things of God. You know, you're not, you're not excited like you used to be um, when you first got saved, when the fire was inside of you. It's like when you're in a relationship, you just meet your your partner and you text each other like in the middle of the night, two o'clock in the morning, you go to sleep, no you go to sleep, no you go to sleep, you go to sleep, and like texting each other all the time. So now 10, 12 years down the line. Stop talking to me, I'm trying to sleep. You know, so the, the, the fire has, di has died down a little bit. You know, it's not there anymore, but you know what? Relationships are something something you have to work at, actually. And I was looking at the story of, of Abram. Who, who knows the story of Abram? Abram, he had a word spoken over his life. God said, do you know what? I'm gonna, you're going to be the father of many nations. Spoken over his life. What a word to a man who couldn't have kids. You're going to be a father of many nations. That's the word spoken of his life. So Abram took this word. It was probably in his life. And, and he thought, and God tells him, you know, you've got to move out where you are now. You have to move. And he decides to go according to the word of God. If you go to the, I don't know if you have my slides. I don't know if this is working, actually. I, I did send some slides in the week. I don't know if it's actually going to work, but if you're taking notes, if you have your Bible with you, Genesis, 6, Genesis 12 verse 6. So it says about the story of Abram. Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. What a word. 
God comes to him and says, your offspring I will give this land. Canaan. So we find him moving to a place that God has set aside for him. And he comes to this place. He comes to the place that God has set out for him. So this is actually where the place where he's supposed to be. But he doesn't stop there. The Bible then goes on to say, it's not here, I didn't put that down. Um, that Abram eventually, he moved away from there to the point where he finds himself in Egypt. And some of us, we come to Christ. We have a word from God. We have a prophecy over our lives. But we become so lukewarm in our lives to the things of God that we've journeyed to this point. We've journeyed to where God has brought us. You know, if God has brought you to the rock church, you've journeyed here. You've journeyed from other places. So it's no coincidence that you are here. But sometimes you are sitting here and you are thinking of leaving because you've grown lukewarm in your heart. The things of God doesn't excite you anymore. The word of God doesn't speak to you anymore like it, like it used to. So you find yourself maybe, you know what? Maybe I should try out Trinity. Maybe I should try Vineyard. Maybe I should just not go to church anymore because I'm, I'm just so far away from God because the world and the trials of life and the things that you're dealing with which has become so important to you has taken you away from God. So all your attention, everything about you is now just trying to navigate life. So you've forgotten about God but you still come to church because something in you says, I should still go to church. Do you know, backsliding doesn't happen overnight. When a Christian backslides, it's not waking up and saying, oh, I just don't believe anymore. I'm not going to go to church anymore. I believe something totally different now. It doesn't happen like that. It's a slow progression. It's time. Takes time to the point where eventually you ask yourself, How did I get here? Where I used to be over there with God, with the things of God, I now find myself here, so far away from God, so cut off from God. But who knows that God. It's not far away from you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. The only thing keeping you away from God is your feelings. Your feelings is the things that keeps you away from God. So we see Abram. Abram has come to Canaan. He's built an altar, but he eventually moves away from you. Why? Because the Bible says that there was famine in the land. So instead of listening to God in the famine, in the place where he's supposed to be, he decides to move to a place 
where there is no famine. And we find that in our own lives. When struggle happens, when we, in, when we are going through things, we don't think that God can do something in that thing that we are struggling with. And we find ourselves moving into something else. And that's how we slowly, slowly start moving from our Canaan, which is the place that God wants you to be, to Egypt, which is a place of rebellion. Ask yourself, where am I right now? Am I where God wants me to be? Or have I slowly moved away from God to a place of rebellion, to a place where I am not even listening to what God wants in my life? So there are a few things I want to deal with in the time that I have. So Abram, first of all, he finds himself at the place of consecration and a place of separation. So the consecration, separation is Abram had to move away from his original people. His original people weren't serving God. They weren't God-serving people. And sometimes there are people and things in our life that you need to separate yourself from. It's difficult. But those things keep you from God. And the only way to see and to move into the things of God is to actually go through a time of separation. A season of separation. I'm not saying that if somebody is, if you are saved and somebody is unsaved, suddenly I want nothing to do with that person. No. There are things you know, there are things in your life which God doesn't approve of. And you only find yourself doing those things with certain people. Is, 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 is that, was that too harsh? I don't know, sometimes, sometimes I, I, I think I don't have any filters when it comes. So I, I need to actually, my wife will tell me afterwards actually. <laughs> I, I normally get that from her. If you notice, I'm actually on page one still. So there's, there's still four pages to go. So separation. Are you at the point of separation? Do you need to be at the point where you need to separate yourself? Okay? Then we find, as a Christian, we sometimes find ourselves at a place of compromise. And this is a difficult point. Because compromise says, I can do the things of God, and I can do other things as well. The place of compromise says, you know what? As long as I'm coming to church, I'm attending church, I pitch up at the men's, at the women's, at the ladies, I go to some of the things that the church has, it's okay. I can still find myself doing other things. The things that are hidden from the rest of the church, but not hidden from God. So that's the point the place of compromise. And the place of compromise is difficult because the place of compromise normally comes through a time of testing. When God has tested you, 
in something, when you're going through something, something difficult in your life, something that shook you, a time of testing, then you want to see what is your foundation? Is your foundation Christ? Or is your foundation yourself? Who who do you believe in that time, the time of testing? Who do you believe in? Do you believe that God can carry you through this? You know what? I'm in this place. I'm in the rock church right now. God has brought me to the rock church, but I'm going through a struggle in my workplace. People don't like me. People talk about me. Do I now need to move out of here? Because I said, you know what, Lord? Even though I'm struggling with all of this, I believe you've brought me to this place and that you can carry me in this time of testing. So I'm going to have other believers around me. I'm going to open up myself to them and say, you know what? I'm going through a difficult time. Can you come alongside me? Pray for me. Can you guys intercede on my behalf? Can we go through this together? Because when the Israelites went through the waters, they did it together. There was order. There wasn't one trying to get across that side, one running along. No, God said, do you know what? The Levites will go first. Then I want this tribe to come next. Then this. So there was order in the, go, the going over. There's order in going over. Is there order in your life? Or is there chaos in your life? And if you're saying, do you know what, Lord? There's too much chaos in my life. Then tonight, come up. Ask somebody to pray for you that there'll be order in your life that the foundations and the roots in your life will keep you stable to the things of God. Amen. And in this time of testing, in this time of compromise, do you know what? The difficult thing for Abram is that it wasn't just him that was impacted when he went to, to, to Egypt. When he went to Egypt, he took his wife, with him. So he got to Egypt. Then when he came to Egypt, he realized his wife is too beautiful. Strange that the only time he noticed his wife was too beautiful was when he's in the company of other people who actually noticed his wife. Men don't notice your wife only when other men are taking note of your wife. Now suddenly you need to wake up that your wife is too beautiful appreciate her before somebody else appreciates her. Amen. Didn't know that was going to get a clap, but um, thanks. <laughs> so what, is, what, is, what does Abram do? He comes here. He notices that other people's noticing his wife. He tells his wife, tell the, tell the, the Egyptians that you're my sister. Tell them you're my sister. Why? Because he was scared. That if they find out she's his wife, that they're going to kill him to take his wife. So he had this irrational fear in his life that people are going to notice his wife 
kill him and take his wife. Sometimes we get to a point where fear becomes so bad in our lives, so bad in our lives, that we involve other people in the fear. Now his wife has to lie on his behalf because she eventually married the Pharaoh. Now his wife, he's taken her along that she now has to sin on his behalf as well. So it's not only his testimony that's now in question, it's her testimony as well. And unfortunately, our lives doesn't only impact our own life. It impacts others around us as well. If you're not at the place where God wants you, it impacts others. The blessing that's upon your life, suddenly somebody else is not getting blessed because you have stepped out of the, the will and purpose of God. When Jesus was in the boat and the storm came, the all his disciples were all fishermen. So they knew to recognize when there's storms. Naturally, they're fishermen. They knew what, how to recognize a storm because that's their job. A fisherman's not going to go out to sea when there's a storm coming. So they knew how to look at weather. Don't be like myself and Pastor Kate who went yesterday to London and checked the weather and it said it's going to be 20 degrees and sunny in London, and it was nowhere close to 20 degrees. It was about 10 degrees, and we, ca we had little tops on, and it was cold in London, ice cold. Don't be like us. But the disciples, they were skilled fishermen, so they knew how to look and see how the weather's going to be when you go out to sea. So when Jesus got into the boat of them, and they were going to go across the lake, they would have looked at the weather and thought, the weather's okay for us to get in this boat. Don't, don't just read the scripture for the sake of reading it. There's more to it than what you're just reading there. So when they got in that boat, the weather would have been okay. The weather would have been okay. But then, suddenly, suddenly, a storm came. Some of us here, there are suddenly storms in our lives. Suddenly storms. Something that you did not see coming. Suddenly it was there. And we read the story, and Jesus calms the storm. But you know what? I know there have been others, other boats on that lake as well. There wouldn't have only been their boat on that lake. There have been other boats on that lake as well that were caught in that storm because that storm came all of a sudden. So other fishermen in their boats that have been caught in that storm. But when Jesus calmed that storm, he calmed it for everybody who was going through that storm. When you are going through a storm and Jesus calms your storm in your life, he's calming it for other people that's also impacted by your life. Don't be selfish. We live selfish lives as Christians sometimes. 
We think it's only about us. But when God calms the storm in our lives, when that breakthrough comes in your life, that breakthrough is not only for you, it's for your family, sometimes for your friends, it's sometimes for generations after you. But we are so caught up only in our own storm. We are only at that point where we say, how did I get here? And we forget that God is the one who can take us from there to here so quickly. And eventually we see that Abram finds himself at the place of commitment. If we just put up the second, the second scripture, it says, so this after Abram had said that his wife is his sister, and Pharaoh finds out about it. And Pharaoh gets angry at him and it kicks him out of Egypt. So this is Genesis 13 verse 1. And it says, So Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him into the Negev. Now Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. And he journeyed on from the Negev as far as Bethel, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made an altar at the first. And there Abram called upon the name of the Lord. So Abram finds himself. He's gone on this journey. He went to Canaan, the place where God wanted him to be. Doubt and fear moves him out of Canaan to Egypt to a place of rebellion where his testimony is compromised. His wife's testimony is compromised. And now he finds himself where he comes back to God. He finds himself at a place of commitment. He returns to God. God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. If you are now going through a trial in your life where you feel that you are far from him, there is a place of commitment, recommitment, where you can come back to him. If you feel in your heart tonight, do you know what? I feel far from him. You can come up. Have someone pray for you so that you can come back to that love, that fire that you had in the beginning. There, there is a reason why you are here tonight and not sitting at home. There is a reason. And eventually, we see that Abram finds himself rededicating himself. That scripture where he says, he calls upon the name of the Lord. That's his rededication. Life is hard. It's difficult. It's difficult. Difficult going through loss. Difficult going through separation. Through work, issues family issues, all of us deal with individual things 
every single day. You, you can look at somebody and you can think they have it together. But the person that looks like they have it together might not have it all together. So now we find ourselves as a church we're at a place of crossing over. But as a church, we need everybody to be on the same page. We need hearts that are committed to Him. Hearts that are calling out to Him. There is no sin no sin that is too great for God to forgive you of. Doesn't matter what it is you are dealing with right now. There is no sin. Actually, there's only one. And that is when you grieve the Holy Spirit. The only one. The only thing but any other thing that you do in your life, any other sin in your life that takes you from your Canaan, the place where God wants you to be, to the place where you say, how did I get here? How did I get here? And when you're at the place were you saying to yourself, how did I get here? Open up that book. Find that page where you wrote down the promises that's been spoken over your life. Find that things that were said about you, that God has said about you. Because the word of God says that his word will never return void. Never. His word will never return void. Find that word that was spoken over your life that it can take you back the way He wants you to be.